Now, we, we have, uh, everybody take your Bibles and turn to Acts the 17th chapter. Or your device of however you follow the Word of God, go to Acts 17. Um, Wednesday nights are phenomenal at the Church Alive. I did a little video not too long ago. I'm not really good at it. But I did a little video and going around, video on the kids and so forth and so on. And, and, and as, I, as I was doing that, I just started off with a little phrase, I love Wednesday night. I, I didn't even know. I just, just kind of come up with it. I do love Wednesday night. Now, we have youth ministries. Get your kids here. You're listening online, get your kids here. Disciples. I mean, they're, they're discipled by the fire of God. Get them here. Um, children's ministries. Get them here on Wednesday night. Patty is going to minister on Wednesday night. Patty is a phenomenal teacher. And she got the power of God on her. Amen. She's kept me in line for 37 years. And, and so uh, she asked me the other day how long we'd been married. She couldn't remember it had been so long. And, and, uh, but, uh, you know, she's going to minister on, on Wednesday night. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be phenomenal. And, and um, uh, so and I'll tell you what, dude, go, go, go to your phones, your, your, your social media. And sometime today, and maybe you want to just check into the Church Alive, even maybe you want to do it right now, uh, check into the Church Alive and just put hashtag anointing, amen, because anointing is here, Amen. Because your friends want to know what you're up to. And if I put something on there, then, you know, they expect that. But if you put something on there, it's different. And, and, and I'll talk to you a little bit about this later, and Ryan will come to you and bring you to some strategy on this. But I'm going to tell you something that I, I don't even know if I need to do it online, but I'm doing it. But there are at least 1,000 people who are employed at Facebook who are praying for Holy Ghost revival through Facebook. And, and I know you hear a lot of other stuff, but I'm telling you, God's doing something the enemy does not want to give voice to. And so that's how people communicate today, whether it's Instagram or whatever you do. You start inviting friends, come worship with me. Amen. If it's good enough for you, it's good enough for them. So you invite somebody for a Wednesday night or next Sunday or, or these days or Thursday night. Just, just start doing that. Just start making that a practice of inviting because, because most people will, will listen because you said it, because they, you have credibility. And, and if you would, most people, you'd be surprised who all would come with you if you would just simply invite them. It's the truth. They're waiting for you to be invited. Years ago, we used to always invite people to church. That's kind of gone away now. But so you start it again. Just start inviting me. Hey, come with me. Come with my family, you know. Um, uh, you know, just whatever. And so just, just start doing something like that. Invite somebody to Wednesday night. If you don't normally come on a Wednesday night, it starts at 6.30. We usually done it about 7.30. That way, you, you know, you got school and all that sort of thing. You'll get the kids home. You'll get them in bed. You'll get all that. But it's worth it. We get right in it. Otis leading in worship. It's just, gore. It's just great in here, all right? The, the kids have a great time. The youth have a great time. And, and so make sure you get involved in some of that. And, and don't, don't miss it this Wednesday night. Well, so... Patty and I were gone here for a few days. You know that. Thank you for allowing us to go. Uh, we took a little missions trip called The Footsteps of Paul. In it was also some uh, just a creative time. Uh, you call it vacation if you'd like. But uh, The Footsteps of Paul is we didn't go to all of them necessarily, but we went to, um, went to Italy and to Greece. And um, as you know, Paul had a great transformation. He was Saul who was uh, persecuting the church. And you'll find it in Acts 9 of his conversion. You can read that a little bit later. How that God literally knocked him off of his horse and blinded him. And he received the word of the Lord. And he was such aggressive in what he was doing that immediately he received the Holy Ghost. 
and immediately began to move in aggressive faith. He had seen Jesus. I mean, he, he uh, but, but uh, he had, I'll tell you what, when you see Jesus, even if you try to oppose him, something's going to change in your life. And so we were able to go to some of those places. After he was saved, Paul was a very, uh, uh, he was a very good student. He was a very learned man. And, and so Paul then traveled. He actually traveled. Uh, if you look at your world map, he traveled then around to southern Greece. And he went to places. There's an island there called Rhodes. He went to Athens. He went to Crete. Uh, now, we did go to a couple of islands that he did not go to, like Mykonos and Santorini, but he should have. They were gorgeous. And so, and when I was a kid, uh, you know, some of you remember Sunday school classes where you had flannel graph boards. Anybody, wait if you remember those? And, and they would put you up pictures of Paul when he was shipwrecked and all this. They were in these nasty waters, and they were dark, and they were great. Well, let me tell you, it's one of the most beautiful places on the planet we've ever been. The water was gorgeous. I mean, this, the, 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 the ocean, uh, the sea was just like uh, almost as, as calm as the pond out here. Never seen anything like it. The water was crystal clear. We saw a couple of places where, that Paul had actually planted churches. So I could go on and on about that, but, but, but I want to um, uh, you know, take you on this way through this journey. Isaiah, the 40th chapter, verse 8 says, The word of God will stand forever. Now, I want you to hear me before we start here. It's only going to take a few minutes. I want you to know that governments are going to fail. I want you to know economies are going to fail. I want you to know that trends and traditions are not going to stay the same. But the Word of God will always be. So to start you off on this journey, I'll just take you on a little bit of it. I want to go to Acts, the 17th chapter, and we're going to start in verse 16. This is very important that we get this. Verse 16 says, now while Paul waited for them at Athens. So we have got Paul at Athens, Greece. What you know about Greece today is some of you know, well, that's where Olympics started and that sort of thing. And we got a little culture on that there. We won't get into that today. And you know that Greece is in a terrible economy. It's evident when you go there. I've never seen anything dirtier in a country except some other third world countries that I've gone to. But like I've seen in Greece, I mean, and maybe some listening online today, we've got missionaries there, but everything is covered in graffiti. It's like a darkness over that area. Even there's street signs. I mean, it's just like a dark kind of culture on that. But what would you expect from a place that lifted up any other God except the one true God? All right, what you sow, you're going to reap. All right, so pay attention to this. It said, but Paul waited for them at Athens. That's where he's at. His spirit was provoked within him. And that'll happen with you. When you've got the anointing on you and you come against the spirit of darkness, something is going to stir inside of you. It should. Because you're not of this world. It says that it was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. It should happen to you. There are times that I, I've been in different cities and walked down different streets and just felt demonic spirits. How many know what I'm talking about? You're going to be walking in the Spirit of God. You ought to know that, okay? And that's what happened to him. Verse 17, so therefore what he did, Paul didn't back away. What he did, he reasoned in the synagogue. So first he went to where the believers were. He went to the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers. By then the church was integrated. All right, now I don't have time to get into all that. Before they were separated, but now they're integrated. Thank God for spiritual integration. 
Amen. And, and so, and, and in the marketplace. So he went first to the synagogue where the worshipers were, and then he went out to their businesses. He came to where you, you were. He went to their businesses daily with those who happened to be there. Verse 18, then certain Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him. And some said, and in other words, these are philosophers, these are Gnostics. I mean, he goes on and says that, that uh, they say, what does this babbler want to say? They're already downgrading him. Others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods, because they believed in so many gods. Because he preached them Jesus Christ and the resurrection. Now, I want to encourage you today as a last day's church. I, I've got a series coming up called The Last Day's Stand. You're going you're gonna to love it, all right? I mean, we're going to get into what's going on. But let me tell you, in these last days, do not be so contemporary-minded and, and full of itching ears that you have to have certain kind of preaching that makes you feel good. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men into me. Just like Paul did in those early days, we've got to preach Jesus crucified and risen again. It still saves and delivers. Jesus is still the answer for the day. Some say, well, you've got to have a certain topic and you've got to mark it a certain way. His word still stands. He said, if I be lifted up, the Holy Ghost has the capacity to knock them off their horse and to bring them to Jesus. He can bring any drug addict to Jesus. He can bring any lost child to Jesus. Verse 19. They took him and brought him into the Areopagus, and we're going to show you pictures of it. Well, let, let's just show you right now. Uh, well, hang on, Michael. Let's go a little farther. And, and uh, he said, may we know what this doctrine is of which you speak, for you are um, uh, bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. For all the Athenians and the foreigners, there, all they did was they spent their time, verse 21, in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. That was their, what they were into. Verse 22, Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. That is Mars Hill. If you've got a King James Version, that will say Mars Hill. Uh, Michael, can, can I go to the first pick, please? I think I can walk you along like this. This is Mars Hill. Patty and I stood there. We stood right there where Paul preached. Amen. Hallelujah. In his footsteps, we stood right there as he looked over that city. That's the city of Athens. Can I, can I have pick two, please? And uh, this is the city, what it looks like today. Isn't that massive? God knew. I'm going to tell you something. They thought they were the center of the world, and Rome thought they were the center of the world, and Paul didn't hesitate. He went right to them. Amen. I'm telling you today, you've got to go right to them. You've got to go, what do I got to do today? You've got to go right to them and give them Jesus. Amen. The next picture shows us is, a, is the Apocalypse. From, you can see down here in the left part of the screen, there's that rock. That's where you're standing on Mars Hill. So when Paul was preaching on Mars Hill, he was looking down over the city, and he was looking up to the Apocalypse where they had built temples to unknown gods Hallelujah. But Paul was preaching them Jesus Christ crucified and risen again. Amen. Look what he says. I'm going to now, Michael, I'm going to go to verse 23, please. For as I was passing through, Paul said, and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar to the unknown God. 
Come on, friends, why would you worship something you don't even know? Okay, and it says, Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, him I proclaim to you. Verse 24, God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temple made with hands. Michael, can I have the next pick, please? Amen. Because they thought that they built that for their gods. There are ruins right there. Those are just simply ruins. Amen. That's all they are, are ruins today. They're just the ruins. They never held God, and they never will hold God. God made you to hold him. Come on, somebody raise your hand right now and say, I'm a temple of God. I didn't come to church today. I am the church. (laughs) Praise God. Verse 25, nor is he worshiped with man's hands as though he needed anything since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has made, verse 26, from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. Verse 27, so that they should seek the Lord. Hallelujah. Not a building, not a government, not a trend, but the Lord. Hallelujah. Seek ye first the kingdom of his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Verse 27, so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Verse 28, come on somebody, say it with me right now. For in him we live and move and have our being. Come on, somebody give him praise in this house. Therefore, verse 29, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone. Hallelujah. That's what they worshiped. That's what they believed he was in. Something shaped by art and man's devising. Verse 30, truly these times of ignorance God has overlooked. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Amen. But now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance to this to all by raising him from the dead. Paul stood there to men who thought they were bright and smart and had all that life needed. He stood there and told them, Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of your faith. Can I have the next pick, please? When you get up at the top of the Acropolis that I showed you, there's another temple that they made to some kind of weird goddess, amen, some kind of, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, I got all kind of people in here, but these people were, were, they were rotten to the core. They were as immoral as they get, some kind of sex goddess and this sort of thing, but I want you to know, hallelujah, there is no other name by which we shall be saved. How many believe that right now? Now, you got to agree, they were great engineers, I mean, to do what they did during that time, they were, they were phenomenal engineers. <laughs> but they left out one thing, and that's that God is greater. <laughs> this shows that demonstrates the power of man, but not the power of God. Well, I could tell you more, but i got to hurry. When we get done with, with Athens, we're going to go now. We're going to go now to Corinth. When you, when you go into Athens, Greece, right there, you just take a little ride. Just take a little ride north, and you're going to come to Corinth. How many have in your Bible 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians? Come on, say yes. That's Corinthians, all right? So go with me, if you would, please, to the 18th chapter of Corinthians, I mean, of Acts. You're just right there. 
says 18.1 says this, book of Acts, after these things Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. So we know where we're at. We're following the footsteps of Paul. He found a certain Jew there named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, Aquila and Priscilla. Isn't it cool that they named or they got married to people whose names just kind of rhymed? Amen. Because Claudius had commanded, and the reason they left Italy, because Claudius, uh, the Roman government, had commanded that all the Jews depart from Rome. There was a cleansing going on, and he came, and he came to them. So, verse 3, so because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them. Paul, in other words, stayed with them and worked. For by occupation, they were tent makers. Paul was a tent maker by trade. Aquila and Priscilla were tent makers. He stayed with them and worked with them. While he was working with them, verse 4 says, he reasoned again the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. So you've got nationalities there. When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. What message did he give? Jesus. But when they opposed him, how many know somebody might oppose you? Anybody here ever received any opposition? I believe you all have. When they opposed him and blasphemed him, he shook his garments and said to them, Your blood be upon your heads. He got a little irritated at them here. And he said, I am clean. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Well, watch this. When he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justice, one who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. So he just went one door down. Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all of his household, and many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptized. Even though there was opposition, there was a revival. Amen. Not everybody is going to believe you need to be down there Thursday night. Not everybody's going to like you. Amen. But that's all right. If God be for you, who can be against you? Let me give you a shock to all of you ministers in the room. You're pleasing God, not man. Valuable lesson. Now the Lord spoke to Paul. This is a great thing here. The Lord spoke to Paul in the night by vision. He said, do not be afraid, but speak and do not be silent. I mean, I mean, do this. He said, for I am with you and no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in this city. And he continued there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. So he stayed in Corinthians a year and a half. I'm going to take this for Conway today. And I want you to believe with me right now. We've already agreed many times, but I want you to agree with me right now. This word, that there, God has much people in this city. Are you with me on this? I believe there are people that need to be delivered right now. I believe there are people that are hearing and feeling something, and they're waiting for one of you, hallelujah, to post something on Facebook. They're waiting for one of you to come in contact with them because God has arrangements. If he arranged for Paul to go from Athens and then go to Corinth and to be on Mars Hill, to be with those people, and then to come next door to this young man, and then, and then, then have a revival, and to be with Aquila and Priscilla, then he tell him, I got much people in this city. I'm telling you, he's got people all over this city that the devil doesn't know anything about, but we're going to rise and preach Jesus. I'm telling you, friends, I've been feeling it for 35 years, and nothing has left me whatsoever. There's going to be an epic revival in this city. Can I have the next pick? Hallelujah. 
This is Corinth. We walk the streets of it. That's Corinth right there. That's a little bit dark right there. And those little cubbies that you see there at the bottom, those were, that's a road that goes down the middle of that. That's, that's where the marketplace was. We don't know which one, but somewhere in that strip right there is where Paul sat in there with Aquila and Priscilla making tents and talking about the good things of God. Let me tell you, when you're at your machine, when you're at your office, don't you be afraid to talk about the good things of God. Come on, if you're in class, don't you be afraid. When you're in the cafeteria, amen, somewhere you bring up, I'm telling you, God's been good to me. Somewhere you, you tell somebody you're on the mind of God. Hallelujah. Somewhere, come on, you got to let your light shine. Can, can I have a witness here? We've let governments, we've we, we, we let, let every little group, come on, put us to the point that we can't even say anything anymore because we're afraid we're going to offend somebody. I'm going to tell you, the gospel has always offended the devil. God's going to put you in the place of arrangement. Do you believe that with me? Come on, shout an amen if you believe God's got an arrangement. Last thing I want to show you, and then we'll move on today, and I'll give you prayer. The last pick that I want to show you, and this is probably the most moving. I showed it Wednesday night, and I showed it uh, to the men also, but I want to show you that you don't have the last pick of Paul's prison. Keep looking from Wednesday night. What have we got? We got to have that pick. It's good. In just a moment, he'll keep going around there. Whatever we got, I'll send it to you again. You got it? There it is. Thank you, Michael. Come on, give Michael somebody a little bitty hand back up there. Yeah, thank you, Michael. Amen. He's back there doing this. I <laughs> got it, Dad. That's Paul's prison in Rome. So I've, I've taken you to Athens, and I took you to Mars Hill, and I took you to, took you to Corinth today. You guys have had a big road trip. Amen. You're going to be ready for some chicken. You about ready for chicken? Anybody ready for chicken right now? I should just come forward with the chicken, would you? That's Paul's prison in Rome right there. A place not any bigger than from about right here to about right here to about back to here. That's where Paul wrote, I've kept the faith. That's where Paul wrote to Timothy, preach the word. That's where Paul said, I'm not ashamed. For I know on whom I have believed. My God is able. Some of you ministers here today to think success in ministry is you're going to get your motor home. You're going to get your plane. I'm not again any of them. If you want to give me one, my email is. That's not ministry success. Say, well, when I feel the Colosseum, Paul was all by himself. Hallelujah, and the letters you have in the New Testament, Paul wrote them from right there. Hallelujah, the language he felt from that prison. What kind of language are you getting from where you're at right now? He didn't write, oh me, he didn't write somebody. He, I'm gonna tell you, he, he, he didn't do any of that. He said, I know in whom I have believed. I've kept the faith. Is there anybody in this room today? Well, let your faith stir up a little bit inside of you. And if you're put in a place like that, you'll say, I've kept the faith. My time's running out. Three things I want to give you. Three takeaways I want you to get from today, all right? I could talk a lot about this place, but three things I want you to get. Number one, I'm going to go quickly from what you've seen of the ruins and the history and all of that. Don't you live in the ruins of your past. 
Come on, somebody, you, you, you quit looking at that DVR. Come on, are you hearing me on this? I used to say quit playing the video, but you don't even know what a video is anymore. I mean, you, you quit going back and singing that same song. You quit going back and telling that same story. Number two, I, I tell you that because God's doing a new thing. Somebody say God's doing a new thing. Second thing I want to give you is don't be deceived in the exaltation of your own knowledge. I love all of you, and you're all brilliant, but you're not as smart as you think you are. Come on, Tessie, come on, say, Pastor, I know it's easy. I know we've got knowledge, but there is no one higher than he is. That Those civilizations thought they had more knowledge than any living God, but I want to tell you, God's ways are higher than man's ways. Second thing I want to give you, or the third thing I want to give you is don't you let opposition stop you. You could hashtag this one today. You're an opposition overcomer. Come on, somebody preach it with me right now. Say, I am an opposition overcomer. Some of you got family situations, every financial, I mean, whatever it is, you need it to be transformed. But I'm going to tell you, if God can transform Paul, he can transform you. He can touch your children. He can touch your family. He can do anything. His blood it still has the power to save, deliver for anybody. I'm telling you, nothing is too difficult. You say, well, the court already settled. I'm going to tell you, God didn't settle. I come today and I'll take my seat. Don't you settle for less. You believe God. Say, well, you got put in a prison. Don't you settle for less. Wherever you're at, you hear from God. You speak Christ crucified. Last thing I want to tell you, and I'm going to pray for you. On our trip was a minister friend with us. He's pastoring today in northwest Arkansas. His wife, wife was sick with cancer for some 13, 14 years, I'm not sure, long time. She recently went on about eight months ago to be with the Lord. His message to us was this. It's interesting. He'd be going along and he'd say, man, I wish she was here to see this. Man, I wish she was here to see this. For long he quit doing that. I said, Joe, you all right? He said, well, I think by the Spirit of the Lord, she just spoke to me and said, I wish you could see this. His word was this, it may not be fair, and you may not feel like it's fair, but God's still faithful. You're an opposition overcomer. Lift your hand right now. Can you help me, Otis? Hallelujah. I'm feeling a little bit of that song and that little line in there real quick. He'll do it again. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I believe that all over this building right now, the sense and the significance of your overcoming presence is saturating every person in this room right now. With your hands lifted up, say verbally, say, I receive you 
in the name of Jesus. Come and just say, I receive you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, what a service. What a service. You're on the mind of God. <laughs> the words of God to you, I will not leave you or forsake you. You're an overcomer. Hallelujah. Is anybody in this room, before we leave right now, want to join with me and say, I'm going to stand with God. I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to break. That faith of Paul is moving in me right now. Who among you will stand to your feet and say, I'm going to stand on the gospel. I'm going to stand on the word. Come on. Who will stand with me right now? Say, I'm going to stand on this. Come on, lift your hands one more time and say, I thank you, God, you're faithful. Come on, say it out loud. Come on, I thank you, God, you're faithful. <laughs> Michael, put up those words for me. He'll do it again. I thought by now these walls would fall. Come on, just put, put, put that up there. I don't know if we're going to sing this part because I only want to just sing a little bit of it. I don't even know what part I want to sing, Otis, but I'll get there. It'll be okay. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. Come on, somebody with me. Come on. So I'm still in your hands. It's not fair, but you're faithful. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet, friends. I need to tell somebody right now. God never ends in defeat. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you three seconds. I got to quit. Ryan says he got something he wants to do. I don't know. But I got to give you three seconds. Come on to give him a hallelujah. Come on, give him a praise of victory. Let me tell you, I had a lot of preaching there on that prison of Paul, but I laid off of it because of time. But I'll just give you this much right now. You cannot entangle or stop or prison the Word of God. Wherever you put the Word of God, He'll just explode. Putting three levels down in the earth in a cave called Paul's prison in the middle of the Rome, hallelujah, and he exploded to the ends of the earth. What's in you is victory. I said, what's in you is victory. Hallelujah. You pick the part you want to sing. I don't care. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, do it. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness.